Are we are we live? We are live. We're going live! We're going live! This thing sucks! We're going live! Are we live? Yeah, <laughs> why, why are you saying it sucks though, man? I, I don't get why you're saying it sucks. I was I was doing a parody of Billa. Uh Bill what's his name? Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Bill Bill O! This thing sucks! We're going live! We'll do it live! Now I remember that YouTube clip. That that was pretty funny. Anyways, so this is between the gutters, I am Raging Albert Lamb. I'm Drew Tan. Not quite as angry yet, but I'll get there. Yeah, his is more of a simmering anger, a low boil. Yeah, perhaps. I would say Albert's rage is hot, it's, and my fury yeah. is cold. It, it burns like diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. Today we have a special guest uh, contributor, our friend, Mad Justin Twan, the Mad. Mardigans of Mardigans. I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know what you're doing I'm just, I'm, I'm hyping. Say Hi- hello, Justin. Hyphy Chuan. Hyphy. I'm the counterbalance to the rage. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I, I refuse to accept that. He's just as mad as we are. We're all angry. <laughs> We're three angry men in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally coming to you live from a closet today. Live from the closet. <laughs> Uh, we should tell everybody that I don't know shit about comics, though. Justin is your average man on the street. I would say that he's a uh, his his uh, his knowledge of comics is uh, of a more artisanal kind. Uh, he he's probably not into your run of the mill Marvel or DC comics, uh, but he does have an appreciation for independent comics, and he's been known to throw himself into that world. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think everything that I like is kind of like pretentious and pompous. So. Like Chris Ware. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Close. Oh, so you're not a fan of comics. You're a fan of pretense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I was a hipster before hipsters were right there. That's true. We back in the day we were, we were going to to the alternative press expo. That's true. And Justin would actually go to the. I to the uh, the the speaking events to yeah. to the yeah. what, what are they called the panels the panels yeah so I don't even remember that. really dude well, yeah. I went with you man yeah what it, who, oh yeah we went to see Chris Ware yeah, yeah. that's right see and and uh, we got some books signed by Adrian Tomine once yeah Tomine Daniel Klaus yeah yeah Jessica Abel yeah yeah, yeah. those are all see? great creators I don't really consider them pretentious I mean yeah. we're just kidding around yeah. but, but Justin's being I think I think I think compared <laughs> compared to like a lot of the big two you know the yeah. Marvel and DC stuff even like your Valiant and uh, other superhero stuff you know that that stuff's uh, you know kind of a different that attracts a different crowd those typically. are literary comics yeah those are literary that, that's comics that's what Justin likes Justin likes literary yeah. comics tell and me what I like guys tell me what I like he likes pretense and literary <laughs> comics. <laughs> okay, I like, I like comics in general, so if it's pretentious, I can handle some pretense. Maybe not a whole ton. Yeah. But I've got some tolerance for pretense. Because at least the thing with pretentious comics is that, hey, at least at least they're trying to do something. Yeah, there's an effort there. Yeah. I can appreciate an effort. Like, it's, it's not churned out and mindless pablum just for, you yeah, know, like... The like, masses to consume. Would you rather read a pretentious Chris Ware comic, or would you rather read a completely unpretentious Spider-Man comic by Todd McFarlane? Uh, I'd probably rather read the Chris Ware comic. Yeah. At least it has something to say. Yeah. Well, something to say that I care about. <laughs> T-Mac has something to say. 
Usually about boobs. There's <laughs> <laughs> naked people in Chris Ware comics too. Yeah, but it's art. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> so it's not as titillating. <laughs> and but in another sense, it's titillating. <laughs> Uh, it's titty-elating. <laughs> good, one, good one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Justin doesn't like everything that has to have pretense, because that was the least pretentious joke that you've made all day. Yeah. That's why I'm smile. He chuckled, man. I'm a fan of filth. <laughs> Between the gutters. Yep. So today, uh, we're actually going to do a special episode where we talk about the Black Panther movie, and this is going to be completely full of spoilers. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, you should probably uh, go check go, it out. Go watch it first, yeah. or, you know, and come back to us and see if you agree, yeah. or see if you disagree. Or, heck, you could even listen to us spoil the entire movie for you, yeah. and then go watch it. Maybe yeah. that'll enhance your enjoyment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So that works. Yeah, thanks for listening. Keep on listening. Or don't <laughs> listen and come back and listen later. As long as you listen. <laughs> uh, so, how are we going to start this? So, Justin, you you don't have too much familiarity with... Wait, wait, wait. The, Sorry. Uh, huh? uh, so, sh- do you feel like we should give a little bit of a history about Black Panther first? Just so people... Uh, well, I was going to lead into that. Okay, okay. But you interrupted well, me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I wasn't sure that that's where you were going. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were going to ask him something, but go. No, no, I was, I was just going to say, Justin, you don't have too much familiarity with the Black Panther comics. No. So... Checking out the movie when you watched it, like, how did that? Was there anything that the movie did where you were like, I don't really get that, or doesn't make sense, or that's kind of stupid or ridiculous, or was it pretty self-contained in that a- aspect? Was it a sufficient movie that told you everything you felt that you needed to know about Black Panther, at least as an introduction? Yeah, I think so. I think the world building and the character development um, took more of a priority. Um, above things like plot or, um, yeah, the, I, I, I think it overall it stood by itself. Um, there are some problems that I had with it. So yeah. if you're talking about like background, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, the CIA agent played by Martin Freeman. Yeah. I didn't understand why he was in the movie at all. Oh. Was was that because he was in the other movies? I think that's fair to say that he... Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know if we want to get into that right now. Like, Is that something we could save after? Yeah, the... we can talk about it when we talk about the movie. We'll yeah. talk about his character. Okay. Yeah, um, so, you know, things like that. Having um, things that y- you would recognize from like the Marvel formula. Yeah, um, yeah. So I... yeah. Have you watched a bunch of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies? No, I, I think the last one I watched was the Spider-Man Home, Homecoming. Okay. And okay. I don't remember anything from that one, honestly. <laughs> Man, ouch. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I, I watched 50 movies last year, so I... I it was... See, the problem with Spider-Man Homecoming was... It wasn't he was an artisanal <laughs> baker who was into, you know, making his own candles. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Drew, like... Like I was saying before we start, like, do you want to give us a little background of like Black Panther as a character as he stands in the Marvel uni- universe prior prior to this movie coming out, just so people have a jumping on point? Yeah, so we could talk a little bit about his his creation. He was 
created in the early 60s. I, I don't remember the exact year off the top of my head, but it might have been mid-60s. Uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee brought him into... Two comic book legends, yep. by the way. They brought him into existence uh, in, a, in an issue of Fantastic Four. I forget the number. It might have been like issue 50 or 52 or something like that. It's crazy when you think about it because that, that comic came out like when they were at the peak of their creative powers. They, they yeah. had just done stories that introduced, you know, like the Inhumans, uh, the Galactus trilogy, and yeah. Black Panther, and all this stuff going on. This man, this monster. Like a lot of the famous stories and characters uh, came out around that time. Yeah. But, well, just to clarify, it's Fantastic Four number 52. 1996. 1966. 1966. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Or 1996 if you have dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's 16, not really... 1699. 1AB <laughs> cat paw. <laughs> Dude, Justin knows co- comics, man. He does. He's dropping knowledge. I'm knowledge. We won't even tell anybody that you're looking it up on Wikipedia right now. Yeah, don't tell you anybody. Just, you just yeah. know yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, he, he's drawing from his deep well of comics knowledge. Yeah. Uh, My, he's got Asperger's and he's just <laughs> obsessed with it. What Wasn't that issue uh, basically some, some sort of plot that revolved around Black Panther showing up as a, a villain and then tricking the Fantastic Four? And then and then later on he was like, surprise, it was just a test and I'm really your friend. Yeah. Dude, dude, Justin like, knows stuff, yeah, man. Essentially. Dude, he knows stuff, yeah. dude. Yeah. We, we should yeah. let you tell the yeah. introduction. Yeah. We're our guy right now. <laughs> And that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but his introduction was basically, and I'm not too familiar with him as a character just because I'm not, um, he's he's not someone that I've read up too much on, but my understanding is, at least from the cartoons that I've seen, his introduction <laughs> was just that he, he pegged the Fantastic Four as p- potential threats mm-hmm. and uh, was testing them to see if... Uh, he would be able to defeat them in <coughs> combat yeah. so that he could prove his own worth. Exactly. So, um, and then together they find out that, you know, once the moment comes where they become friends and they find out that, you know, his backstory is that his dad was killed by essentially this opportunist who was trying to steal resources from his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 Did you see that episode? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so should we go into like just a brief description of uh, the movie plot now, or yeah, uh, you want to summarize it? Yeah, so just in short, um, this is the very first Black Panther feature-length movie um, that they put into theaters. So it's it's essentially an origin story um, that they just had to modernize for the modern Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Black Panther is the was introduced in the last uh, Civil War movie yeah. as a new character, and he was introduced as a a global player whose father was killed by a terrorist attack, and uh, because of that, he assumes the mantle of his nation's protector as the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And this movie starts off uh, well after that, and essentially, without giving too much away. Um, I just want to be able to say that the the movie Black Panther is a story about T'Challa, who is the 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 king of Wakanda, and just his his struggles as the leader of this <clears throat> nation, as he has to deal with 
being a leader as well as its protector and um you know dis- dispensing justice for criminals that have wronged him mm-hmm. as well as exterior threats that are threatening to take power from him and uh destabilize his country yeah and one of the things that that uh where the movie starts off with and and this is uh true to the comics as well is wakanda is a place uh that the outside world basically doesn't really know much about they know it exists but from their perspective it's just your standard uh african nation they don't know that it's actually (coughs) the most advanced nation on the entire planet and the reason why that they're so advanced is because they have this resource called vibranium and the movie explains this by saying you know in the past a, a meteorite some sort of meteorite crashed onto uh one specific land. location yeah yeah and and ever since then uh these five tribes uh united uh formed this country and they've been mining this resource vibranium ever since and it's the strongest metal uh that there is uh at least in the marvel cinematic universe it's yeah. the most powerful metal and it seems to be this sort of MacGuffin that they use to explain yeah. that it's somehow allows them to do all sorts of stuff so this metal so yeah the at the very first scene of the movie is just an is an explanation of their country essentially yeah. or uh that this uh asteroid comes from the sky and lands where their country or is is mm-hmm. located and um there are these four five tribes that come together mm-hmm. well there are five tribes that exist in the area but four of them come together while one tribe kind of goes off and um over the years they've discovered that this meteorite has all these properties and uh, i think the scene that best sums it up is this one scene in the trailer where ulysses claw is being held by um government agents and they've just captured him and he's being interrogated and he goes and he says um el dorado uh, is which is you know this mythical city we've been searching for it all these years and everyone always assumed that it was in south america but really it's you know in in africa mm-hmm. and uh that's that's i for me that sort of explains everything about what yeah uh um wakanda is i mean uh there's this one scene in the movie where <coughs> they're flying over all these bushes or all these trees and it just looks like it's just a lot of wildlife but then as they get closer and as they enter the the tree line uh, it's dis- or it's revealed rather that it's a holographic it's all, yeah, projection yeah and you get to actually see this city and it's the most advanced civilization on earth it's science science fiction yeah yeah, yeah. um so do you have do you guys have any thoughts on um like I'm, I'm trying to do this without giving too much away, or at least uh, in terms of when we get into spoilers, it'll be when we discuss specific plot points or specific elements of the movie. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any? What's your overall like? Uh, I, have, I have a just a simple question about um, yeah. vibranium. You can cut this out if it's stupid no, or anything. No. For, coming from a layperson, so yeah. vibranium is the strongest metal. <clears throat> In the Marvel Universe? Yeah. In the Marvel what, Cinematic Universe. Yeah. What, what is adamantium, then, from, That's, from Wolverine? See, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe can't really mention that because that was part of the X-Men stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's, There's no crossover. Really. 
there. Well, but not, not yet. I mean, yeah. recently Disney bought out a bunch of the rights to the Fox Studios, so so they can bring adamantium back in. Adamantium, whatever. Yeah, they can. They can. I said it right. Come on. Yeah, Justin said it right, and <laughs> Albert said it incorrectly. Listen so. here. I don't have time okay, you're just for making vowels. Him, him mad. He's al- he was already mad. Now he's getting even angrier. The more he laughs, the angrier he gets. Like that's just look. I've been pronouncing ad- uh, pronouncing it adamantanium all these years. So Chlorius has adamantanium. And that that's how he pronounces Colossus. By the way, who does not who does not have adamantium skin? He, his skin is techno organic metal. Come on, man. You're making uh, us I look know, bad. I <laughs> that was all a joke, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so so vibranium in the in the comics, it's it's not necessarily the strongest metal, but it's definitely one of the strongest metals. Yeah. But the special property that it has is it absorbs uh, vibrations, hence the name. It absorbs uh, kinetic energy and vibrations yeah. of different types. And the science of it is all kind of uh you know your pseudo scientific superhero kind of stuff that lets them do let that lets the metal be used for a variety of purposes kind of like what you see in the movie uh and it it's it is something that only exists in wakanda and a lot of the stories that involve wakanda involve somebody trying to take that resource whether it's yeah. claw or dr doom or yeah. Whoever. I think it's fair to say that uh, Black Panther slash T'Challa is... The thing that makes him different from most other superheroes is he's not just this guy who's fighting street crime and he's not just, you know, a vigilante. Yeah. He's the protector of his nation. So I think it's fair to say that a lot of his stories revolve around, you know, geo-national politics. Like, you can't... Yeah. You can't well, that's not true. You can do a story without him having to deal with those things, but that one element is, I it's, think, a big part of what makes Black Panther. Yeah, Black I get Black what Panther. you're saying, and because because one of his defining traits is <coughs> the fact that he's a monarch, yeah. and he's a king. So people tend to, I mean, yeah, he's a superhero, totally fair uh, descriptor of him. But but uh, what makes him different from other superheroes is that he's not. Just that guy who who's looking for muggers yeah. in alleys and stuff. Yeah. He's not out to halt that kind of crime. Of course, if he sees it, he's going to do something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But he's not actively patrolling the streets like Daredevil or or uh, Spider-Man or, or any of anyone like that. Yeah. He's more of the guy who's got the weight of an entire nation under his, uh, you know, he bears that on, on his, his shoulders. shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, did you guys like the movie? Like, let's go with that. Let's, yeah, let's man, I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I I had a lot of affection for it, too. I think it's... Uh, I thought it was a pretty smart film that... Um, it had a lot to say about current events, but it also had a lot to say about, you know, just kind of the history of, I guess, African diaspora. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought I thought that stuff was what was really fascinating to me. Although I will admit there were some things that I took issue with, but to be honest, those were so marginal that it didn't ruin my experience. Yeah, you know. Is it worth talking about? Or were there? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Um, do you want me to just? Oh, this okay. is your podcast. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, that was a vague question to ask. But <laughs> All right, let's talk about the things that you didn't like about the movie. Um, I think the thing that I was talking with uh, Justin and you about earlier was um, some of the technical things were were things that I had issue with. I, I would say for the most part, it's a good-looking movie. Like, when you come into uh, Wakanda and you see the the nation and when you look yeah, at the... It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful country. It's a place I would want to visit, a place I'd want to see uh, up close. Uh, when you look at all everyone's outfits, like, there's yeah. been... There's a lot of uh, work put into the craft of the actual making of the movie that I yeah. that's definitely worth um, applauding. But I don't... The thing that irked me a little was I don't know if Ryan Coogler or at least the people that he got to do like those particular scenes. I don't know if he's necessarily the best like fight choreographer, uh, especially that last battle between him mm-hmm. and Killmonger. There was it. It just kind of I think. Uh, are we getting into spoilers? Or? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I mean, we already pu- We're you know prefaced it at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So. So. Yeah, there was stuff, uh, basically at the very end, the final battle between Black Panther and Killmonger, there's a lot of, it's almost video gamey, you know? And uh, you mentioned, Drew, that it was Black Panther and Killmonger, and they were both wearing the Black Panther costumes. Yeah. And they were fighting in a black cave, and their costumes are already black, so... It was dark. It was dark. It was hard to look at. I think what I attribute all of that stuff too is the cg work and i, I think it's pretty bad yeah consistently bad in marvel movies in my opinion but oh um do you think they should go with a small art house uh, <laughs> yeah. company somewhere in sweden yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe or, or uh, maybe uh, uh in new york maybe like some some guy working out of a loft huh? yeah no. with <laughs> wax mustaches yeah 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 handlebar handlebar mustaches yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who likes uh, artisanal cheeses yeah and cheeses. coffees Croissants. Yeah. yeah okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on um, on the choreography? I did think that the choreography for the final uh, portion of the movie was a little bit unimpressive. Like mm. I'll say, I don't think it was terrible or anything, or it wasn't anything that took me out of the movie. But if we're just looking for things to quibble about, you know. Mm. I would say those were those could have been uh, a bit better because I think the fights that they had earlier on in the movie. Uh, I'm thinking particularly about those ritual battles when when T'Challa was fighting yeah. uh, Mabaku and yeah. when he was fighting Killmonger and those they were just fighting one on one near that waterfall. Mm. I thought those looked fine. I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of reminiscent of um, Kugler's other films like Creed. Yeah. So they had those long takes with the one on one. Um, boxing matches and yeah, it seemed it seemed like Kugler is definitely capable of pulling off those um, great action shots and mm. choreography. But I don't know about the CG work. At the end. Yeah, yeah. When, when they had the the armies uh, battling with the giant rhinos, don't get me wrong, I love the rhinos. That yeah, was yeah, that yeah. was fun. But the the massive amounts of people uh, charging at each other and whatnot, like that, just kind of felt. I'm glad it wasn't overly long because yeah. if it had been much longer than that i think it would have been a little too much your eyes just kind of glass over yeah it would have been yeah. a little bit numbing yeah. and and then speaking specifically about the t'challa and killmonger fight at the very end when they're battling inside uh the subway there 
or their train system underground it was kind of hard to see things and like there are certain shots that i did like like that part when uh the train separates them and they're both on opposite sides and they're just yelling at each other yeah and and i think what helps that fight scene carry through is is that that dialogue because they have that sort of personal uh connection against each other yeah and it's a battle of ideology but they're also in a way family yeah and the pathos behind it that's the emotional impact that made that fight have some meaning because if that would just two if that was just yeah. two people wearing suits punching each other it would have meant nothing to me yeah who cares right? yeah so yeah totally agree with that um in terms of other small things that um, I, I think are worth mentioning, yeah. like uh, that I had, you know, some issues with. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to start with this. Uh, I was talking to Drew about this, but I did feel that. So one of the villains that they introduced earlier on in the movie was Mbaku. Uh, if you read comics, he's known as the Man Ape, and um, this this might be a quibble for for a person uh, it really just just kind of depends on the severity of your dedication to how true the comics are but uh, my thing was there's a scene where black panther first battles killmonger and uh killmonger basically throws him over a cliff and you assume that he's dead and um black panther's allies flee uh wakanda into the hills to seek out help to basically overthrow Killmonger now that he's assumed the the position of king. Mm-hmm. And they go to... They steal this... Uh, the, the magical herb... Or not magical, but the herb that grants uh, Black Panther his powers. Yeah. And they go into the mountains and they seek out M'Baku and because he's the only one that can help them in their eyes. So they go to him and they proposition him and ask him to get, lend his forces as well as his might uh as well as his might in uh, helping them to overthrow killmonger yeah and my understanding of um baku in the comics was he's just a villain through and through and he he wants to uh, claim the kingdom for himself so realistically to me there's no reason that he would help them um they did establish that uh, there was a battle between uh, Mbaku and um, T'Challa. T'Challa earlier in the film where T'Challa spares his life. So He makes him tap out, bro. Yeah, he makes him tap out. And so they do establish that there's a life debt there to be owed. Mm-hmm. But it was still something that I had to kind of wrap my head around. Because um, what ends up happening is Mbaku... Uh, he, he, he accepts, uh, you know, the Queen and, uh, you know, the other allies of uh, Black Panther. Shuri and Nakia. Yeah, Shuri and Nakia. He accepts them into his kingdom and he he reveals that they found T'Challa's body. And, you know, from there they they revive him and they plan their, their comeback, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Um... Yeah, so coming from somebody that doesn't read the comics at all, yeah. I, I kind of felt uh, similarly to uh, your argument of, like, when is M'Baku just, you know, take it, right? Yeah. Um, so even when they were um, using the pummel stone to make that uh, magical or yeah. whatever special herb into, like, that <coughs> the elixir for T'Challa to drink, I was like, 
what, when's he gonna take that? He should just grab it and yeah, take it himself. Yeah. It himself. Yeah. Um, but I also see it from the other side with, with the life that yeah. um, um, thing going on. So so it's kind of like once he saw that that flower, he's like, oh yeah, okay, this this is probably what's gonna save T'Challa. And yeah that would be the right thing to do the other thing is i don't know if this was mentioned specifically in the movie i'd have to watch it again but in the comics the powers of the heart-shaped herb will only work with someone of the royal bloodline so even if mbaku tried to take it it'd probably mess him up okay okay yeah see so but i don't know i don't remember if that was in the movie was that ex- was i that? don't no okay i mean they did say something about in order to challenge T'Challa, you had to be of one of the royal families, and technically M'Baku was one of the, like, of his own tribe. Yeah. He was, he was the royal family of his tribe. True. So, true. yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I, it's, I, I think it's a minor enough quibble. Yeah. Personally, like, if, if the only reason that he doesn't do it is because he's act, in actuality this honorable character and not, you know, a fiend through and through. Mm-hmm. If that's how they want to portray him for these films, then I can accept that to some degree. Yeah, I think that's how I look at it, where I see him, the film version of him, <clears throat> as this is a character who, who does have some honor. I mean, he yeah. he was willing to save his his rival's life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he knew he had a life debt, and he was willing to live up to that. Uh, I guess... The, the part at the end where he actually brings in his tribe's soldiers to f- help in the final battle. Yeah. That, that, that was a good like, scene. Yeah, that, like that. It, it, was, it, was, it was one of those, you know, inspirational kind of scenes. But yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily the honorable thing to do, but I guess in, in his mind, it was, you know, the right thing to do. Yeah. And it kind of gives his character more of, uh, I guess, a heroic flavor. Yeah. He's not just a generic bad guy. Yeah. 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 I think on that note... Um, well, I mean, do you want to talk about the vibranium vibranium conversation that we had as well? Or what, what did we say about vibranium? Okay, so I was gonna pivot to like what I did like about the movie, but yeah, yeah. Um, what, are we done with what we don't like about the movie? Well, the, vi- the vibranium thing was uh, okay. kind of what we were was uh, was another issue that we sort of had with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think uh, one of the things I ish- one of the issues I had with the vib- how they used vibranium in the movie was. It was this magical <laughs> cure-all, because cause I yeah. think I understand it when when it's used in weaponry to do those powerful things. If you it's know. a power source, yeah, or like if it's of, just like a really power strong alloy, I get that. Yeah, and yeah. using it for things like uh, <clears throat> the mesh weave in the Black Panther costume, and or even developing a, a cannon like uh, Claw's hand, yeah, stuff like that. I I can wrap my head around that. Yeah, but the the thing that really got me was when. Uh, when Agent Ross got shot in the spine, they said, and they took him to Wakanda and somehow used vibranium to heal him, and then yeah. he was up and about with no recovery time needed. He was just, yeah. you know, perfectly fine, no wound, no trauma. I Yeah, I felt like it was kind of inconsistent in terms of what this metal can do. Like, it seemed like it could do anything. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it pow- it's, it's a source of immense power that you can use to, you know power weapons and vehicles yeah because like look if they used the vibranium and they said okay we were able to use the vibranium uh, some technology to draw out the bullet from his spine without Mm -hmm. causing him further damage shouldn't he still have some sort of scar or or wound and not be able to just he should be somewhat debilitated yeah 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 but 
This in, is what you were talking about when you were yeah. saying that vibranium, vibranium was used as a MacGuffin. Yeah. 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 It was convenient for it, it really was. To, yeah. to be transported to Wakanda because... Because they needed him doing? to be there. Was he yeah. even doing there? He didn't yeah. need to be there. He didn't need to be there. I, I feel like the only reason he was there was to be used for like two pieces of exposition, which was how that uh, the train worked. Yeah. And um, um, I don't know. I forget the other one. But it, it wasn't like he needed to be there. Yeah. Oh, he was also there for the final fight where he was shooting down planes. Which yeah. could easily be handled by Shuri. Or anybody else. Anybody yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> Here, this is Bill. Bill's gonna do this for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, was, I was mentioning to Drew while we were watching the movie, I was like, or not even while we were watching the movie because we were forced to sit in separate seats. Um, but what? I, the, it was a packed theater, man. Yeah. Packed house. You ruined your date? It, was it wasn't a date. a date. It was not <laughs> a date. It was not a date. Yeah, definitely not yeah. a date. To any of our listeners, <laughs> we're both single. Yep. So we'll take any sort of ad- adoration from, from you. <laughs> yeah. Bot numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, what was a... Oh, yeah, well, the, the comment that I made to Drew was that I find it interesting that Black Panther was a movie that was done fully from the point of view of these characters and it wasn't the last samurai or anything yeah. where there was you know i'm glad the white man the white didn't savior. save them yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and you didn't need was, him to be the point of view yeah, he for, was a token white guy yeah 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 i mean like they did eventually introduce ross but i i felt like he was more comedy relief or there was that one funny scene when they went to yeah. baku and then <clears throat> And then Ross said something, and Mabaku was like, you better shut your mouth, or I'm going to feed you to my children. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm kidding, we're vegetarians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the way, the the reason that I can give for him being in the movie is, he is a character from the comics, yeah. that's one thing, and that has a tie to T'Challa. Um, and the other thing is, he does, and this might be more of a, a bottom line sort of excuse or you know like a business thing but he does tie t'challa into the rest of the marvel universe you know he's kind of their shield agent or you know government. CIA, CIA, yeah, yeah, I think, you know in the movie mm. yeah but he's tied into it yeah you know? or tie certain demographics to a like a all-black movie basically but we don't have to go there well, I mean, it's not like he was on the poster, was he? I think he was. Yeah, he was oh. on the but was and he so huge? Was Andy Circus. So, uh, oh. Okay. No, but I'll do. Uh, Andy Circus didn't need to be in the movie either. I felt. I, I think Killmonger had enough depth. I, I think Killmonger is a great villain, and yeah. he could have just showed up and said, "I'm the son of." Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his face and showed showed the ring. And, I will say that when when I thought about the movie at a later point, I I. I didn't. I, I don't know if I would have vocalized it the same way, but if they had, one of the things, one of the issues that I had with the movie was, after Killmonger takes over the throne, it does feel kind of rushed to like get to that final battle where. You think the pacing is a bit too fast there? Yeah, I mean, like if he had taken over the throne like a little bit earlier, I think it could have drawn it out a little bit, and yeah, yeah, but um, but again, it's it's a minor quibble. Yeah. Um, I do like Annie Circus's performance, yeah. though. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. ju- I just didn't see like the need for him to be there. 
He looked like he was having a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I feel like it needs to be said, though, but um, Claw is a big part of um, T'Challa's backstory. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's... They're, they're kind of tied together. It's hard for me not to... Yeah. It's, to separate those two. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, before going into the movie, did you think Claw was going to be the the main villain? I didn't think he no. was going to be the main villain. I assumed like, Killmonger yeah. would yeah. be. Well, were you surprised when he was killed in the middle of the movie? No, I was, actually. I was not expecting him, him being Claw, right? So the counter-argument is that maybe they're they're doing something here where they, um, they're uh, subverting your expectations, right? So it's, it's like, hey, we have this... Oh, he even says it in the movie where he's like, I thought you were a certain, a certain character when he was talking to, when Cloud was talking to Killmonger. He's like... What did he say? Uh, I thought you were who? I thought you were... Oh, he didn't realize that he was Wakandan, oh. basically. Yeah, right. he didn't realize he was Wakandan. He, was, he thought he was just he was like a regular dude. A crazy American. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Like yeah. That. So I think that was like a call out to Kugler, kind of like subverting expectations on what villains should be. Or who the main villain was in the movie. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't. I'm too dumb to think about things like that. Yeah, we're not pretentious enough. Our minds don't work that way. <laughs> That's too deep, man. I was like, That's look at those deep. lasers. Lasers good. <laughs> Albert likes sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> now now we got to try some croissants and get enlightened, man. Um. Killmonger's in the comics, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he's like, Wakandan, too. He's, you know? Yeah, he's yeah, definitely no, Wakandan. I think one of the things that uh, was different in the in the movie in terms of how they altered uh, Killmonger was, number one, they made him related to the Black Panther. They made him... Yeah. Uh, that was a, different. They're, they're first cousins. Their dads were brothers. Yeah. That's, that's different, because in the, in the comics, Killmonger's... Uh, his origin is basically... He grew up in Wakanda, but then I think his father... Uh, was one of the uh, people who helped Claw infiltrate the country and steal uh, vibranium. So when T'Challa's father uh, discovered that, he exiled all these traitors. Uh, I think he executed his father first and then exiled their families. Yeah. So Killmonger ended up growing up in Harlem. Yeah. Mm. And then he got his education and then yeah. came back to Wakanda and tried to uh, destabilize the country in various schemes and storylines. Yeah. But... I thought it was cool how in the movie, he's from Oakland, man. I yeah. was like, dude, that's sweet. <laughs> give a give a give a little bit of love to the Bay Area. Yeah, man. <laughs> you yeah, you well, like that opening scene when when the kids are playing basketball and, and dudes like Tim Hardaway, you know, yeah, and, you, yeah. and they're playing too short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where Kugler's from, and he's yeah. most familiar with Oakland. Um, yeah, I think that was that was great. You want to talk more about Killmonger because I I think Michael B. Jordan was great and I yeah I, I think he kind of like stole the movie. I think it's a good pivot awesome. to to talk about the things that we did like. Were you done it. talking about the things that you didn't like, or was there more? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, I hated that the movie theater was filled with loving couples watching the movie with us. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I have venom for people who have love. <laughs> It was Valentine the day after Valentine's yeah. Day. They shouldn't be watching this movie. They have each other. Why are they here? All we had was that movie. That whole week, I was just trying to watch Black Panther. I wanted something just for me. Yeah. Why do they have to ruin it by holding hands and snuggling during a movie, man? That's so inconsiderate of them. We should have bought all the tickets. We should have, man. 
guys could have sat next to each other. We so should far. start a crowdfund for that. <laughs> <laughs> Help us buy tickets so that couples can't watch yeah. the movie with us. <laughs> we'll get the whole theater to ourselves. But uh, on to the subject of the things that we did like about the movie. Yeah, you were saying about Killmonger, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was... Um, the character development was great. I think um, it was it was cool to have that backstory rooted in, like, Oakland and have that yeah. um, appreciation for the, the sort of, like, black anger that uh, a lot of people experience. Yeah. Um, and have that be a certain complexity in the character of Killmonger yeah. where, mm-hmm. where you can empathize with and um, it makes things more complicated in your feelings like is this guy really a bad guy? I, I don't know. Maybe I just feel sorry for him or maybe... Yeah. You can understand why he feels the way he does. Yeah, like his anger is justified yeah. and um, that puts you in a like a position that you wouldn't normally feel yeah. in a superhero movie. Yeah, like I think... Um, in addition to what you were saying, Michael B. Jordan's... Michael B. Jordan, right? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Michael Bartholomew Jordan. Is that his middle name? I have no idea. <laughs> Michael Barbados Jordan. <laughs> uh, just to add to what we were saying, I thought he was a great actor. Like I, I think his performance was the best in the film, if uh, not... Uh, in the top two yeah personally yeah uh the the scene that i especially like is when he assumes the role of the king of wakanda he drinks the root yeah uh that gives him the powers of the black panther and he goes into this state where this dream state where he sees his father that was uh murdered earlier on in the film and it's an exchange where it's 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 a really sad and powerful exchange because it's it's really just kind of him venting his feelings about not having a home and you know being a person who you know being raised in America doesn't have a home there but he's he's so his roots are so entwined with um, his American culture that he doesn't really have a home in Wakanda either he can't go back mm-hmm. and on top of that the pathos of um, the revelation that. T'Challa's dad killed Killmonger's dad and then just fled the scene leaving Killmonger there to be raised without a father like that's 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 a lot of uh tragedy in in one uh story and uh Michael B. Jordan like his 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 acting uh puts out that hurt I I thought it was uh, an excellent uh representation of that hurt it was heavy stuff yeah and I, th- I think, like, what you were saying earlier, Justin, about uh, just in terms of the complexities of his emotions, that that scene really encapsulated that. And I think that's one of the things that the film did really well was just all these, the quieter scenes, right? Like, the scenes where when T'Challa sees his father, the, the scene that you mentioned where uh, Killmonger sees his father in, in the ancestral realm. Like, those were some of the highlight scenes, like the, like the real subtle connective tissue that kind of forms the emotional backbone of the whole story Mm. Mm. um what was i gonna say did you have something to say no no oh geez (laughs) uh i did have one oh the the other scene that i really like uh was uh just at the end the very end of the movie where it's after the battle between 
um, T'Challa and Killmonger, and you know, as a movie viewer, we were all we. I'm pretty sure we were all confident that Killmonger was going to die at the end of it, or at the very least, be defeated. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this moment where he's dying, he's bleeding out, and T'Challa is forced to kill him, and Killmonger is just kind of talking, almost what's the word um forlorn or like um, wistful wistfully about you know being able to see his homeland or his roots one last time before he dies and t'challa takes him out to watch was it a sunrise or a sunset i think it was a sunset yeah he takes him out over this cliff to to see the sunset on his homeland on his ancestral homeland and i yeah I, i thought that was a really moving final moment yeah, that yeah. was that was definitely powerful because yeah. it was a, it was the scene where uh, T'Challa was basically like he felt sorry for him, right? Like there was definitely a sense of kinship or or pity even, mm-hmm. and and even though he defeated his enemy, he knew that or he didn't like want to kill him. He wanted to actually you know take him somewhere where he could maybe recover. But yeah. then that's right. Killmonger was like, I would, yeah. I don't just throw my body in the ocean because because. Uh, you know, Death would, is better than bondage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, yeah, I forgot about that that line. But he he had the chance. They could have saved Killmonger, but Killmonger basically says, "You're just what are you gonna do? Just keep me in a cage for the rest of my life?" Yeah, and you know, I'd much rather be dead. Yeah, yeah. Then he pulls that sword out of his his own body and just collapses. Yeah. Um. The other thing that I really liked about, or that uh, resonated with me a lot, was I, I think the bigger themes of the movie, like I think the the stuff that Kugler put in the script, um, just what he had to say, I, I don't know if I can fully articulate accurately what he had to say about, you know, um, African-American, the African-American experience, I like I clearly don't have... Um, that level of insight but i can try Mm -hmm. um yeah i thought it was an interesting juxtaposition uh seeing how killmonger was this guy who was raised within the american or you know if you won't really want to call it you know the imperialist system (laughs) you know and like he he's a guy who was uh who excelled at uh school he went to the military and advanced through the ranks and you know he's in any other light, he would have been a hero. Yeah. 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 And um, to see just kind of how he was at odds, his worldview was at odds with um, T'Challa's worldview because his his the basic crux of Killmonger's motive is that I've seen how the rest of the world kind of suffers and I believe in my heart of hearts that if we have the technology to give these peoples an opportunity to advance themselves, then it is our right to do it. Duty. It is our yeah. duty to do it. Whereas well, not just advance themselves. He was talking about fighting back. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. But exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the opposing view for T'Challa is we have. It's essentially with great power comes great responsibility. We have this uh, resource that could basically upend the existing power structure of the planet, but Mm -hmm. it would be irresponsible of us to do it, and we should really use our resources to bring aid 
and well, yeah, that that wasn't even his point of view until later on in the movie. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. up most of the time throughout the movie, his thinking was more in line with his father, where it was more just uh, we need to uh, seclude ourselves from the international community because once they know that we have vibranium, yeah, 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 they're gonna want to take yeah. it and. It's better if we just close off our borders and and protect our people and and just continue to, you know, have Wakanda be strong and and help Wakandans uh, maintain a good lifestyle rather than exposing uh, the country and vibranium to everybody else. Yeah. And, and like, I think a big part of the movie or the the thing that helps change uh, T'Challa's view is learning that his father uh, killed his uncle, right? Mm. And and like just that whole theme of of fatherhood that that plays in in the story, which kind of also made me think about Creed, because because yeah. that was one of the things that they did in Creed too, right? Where just the theme of of how your father's legacy impacts you, and and T'Challa learning uh, about what his father did, kind of made him realize that maybe. Th- I shouldn't always do things the way my father did. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's time to be different and do something new. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, any thoughts? Was that yeah. too pretentious for you? I was trying to <laughs> trying to say something that would well, impress I, I, you. You know, nothing's too pretentious <laughs> for me. I can talk about it and churn my own butter while we're doing it. <laughs> um, I think that's exactly right. Like the parallels in Creed and like... Um, yeah. I have one question though. This this is another layman asking yeah. comic book people about vibranium. Isn't that Captain America's shield? Isn't that made out yeah. of vibranium? Well, it's a composite of yeah. vibranium and I, I think adamantium. It, I don't remember if it's a composite of both of those, but I think it's, I've heard it's, different things over the years. Yeah, I it's, forget. It's some sort of <laughs> it's some sort of al- vibranium alloy that somehow can't be replicated by anything else. And yeah. I think they, there was a story. In the comics, how in the past during World War Two, Cap somehow ended up in in uh, Wakanda, and I guess he showed his honor or something. And then yeah. I, I forget who was the king then, if it was T'Challa's father or maybe his grandfather, but basically gifted him some a small amount of vibranium, and then some scientists were able to craft yeah. that into a new shield for Cap, and that's uh, been his shield ever since. Because yeah. if you look at the original Cap stories. His shield was uh, a different shape. It wasn't that. It wasn't a disc. It was kind of like a sh- like a. It was like a badge or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah, yeah. The yeah, shape of a weird a badge. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't didn't Black Panther try to take the shield back? Oh. When? Oh, I don't know. I, I thought it was. Oh, uh, there maybe there was a story like it's that. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Mm. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention that I uh, talked to Drew about and. Again, this this might be my moment of pretense, but it again like talking about Killmonger's you know uh, the pathos of Killmonger's backstory. I did find a lot of I did find catch myself wondering if that was if that was a sentiment or if if like his worldview Killmonger specifically his worldview is one that resonated with your modern day. Um, african-american citizen of the united states you know like it's it's a it's a really interesting uh it was a really interesting thing for me to kind of break down because kill killmonger's story is essentially their story you know like Mm -hmm. uh they're they're 
African the the African American uh, people's um, history is intertwined with the forced removal from a homeland. So it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of them have that same sort of conflict in their hearts where they're dealing with reconciling um, being brought up in American culture, in this culture that essentially doesn't want them, mm-hmm. while having no connectivity to their ancestral homeland, you know? And, and again, this this might just be me being pretentious, but I, I thought Kugler writing or emphasizing that aspect of Killmonger and making Killmonger, like, such a relatable uh, villain, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. It was something that I could kind of... It adds a lot of depth to the story and makes it not only that, but timely as well. It's relevant for uh, this period of social consciousness. And, yeah, like I said, it it adds that extra layer of depth because it'd be kind of tiresome if it was just a guy who was just mad for no reason. Yeah. Then you'd be watching us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought I thought we were mad because we're alone and nobody loves us. Yeah, but some people would say that that's no reason, and that just makes me more mad. True. <laughs> I want to go back to uh, that comment you made about Kugler. Yeah. <clears throat> so he, um, um, with a uh, Killmonger's uh, character and backstory, and how that um, you you were saying it was like tied to society now and um, Black Lives. Um, I think that's that's really powerful because I think one of the biggest questions is um, how 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 to what to do with like anger like what do we do with like all this anger that's built up where we're we feel like um, there's so much injustice and like how things aren't fair for everybody and mm. like what do we do with that anger and I think um, T'Challa kind of um, his path is is kind of like an, uh, showing people maybe this is another way but th- this is another <laughs> the way, third way <laughs> an avenue of like yeah. how to help or how what, how to deal with that anger yeah okay yeah I think one of the things that uh, you made you reminded me of was that scene towards the end when or maybe it was even during the the credits scene where he was basically saying earth is one tribe yeah yeah and at like the it, UN. yeah yeah i did like that was I, a dig at trump yeah i did kind of wonder if that was something that he had made after the recent controversies of trump saying things like africa is a shithole yeah <laughs> yeah like that, like that that one it guy, was a wink that, i felt like it that, was a wink. that one white guy who was like what does your country have to offer us that, yeah i was like <laughs> yeah i thought that i that made me laugh it made me laugh too I mean, and on that note, I like oh, in terms of the more superficial things that I I did like about the movie. Like, it's a funny movie. Yeah, yeah. there was some great comedy. Yeah, it uh, like sprinkled throughout. Sure, he had a lot of great lines. Yeah. Killmonger too. Killmonger yeah. had some. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, uh, the thing that you mentioned that I I thought was really cool was they. Black Panther has had a pretty long history, and this movie gave a lot of homage to Pretty all much, of the different yeah, eras all the significant of eras of the comics yeah. yeah would you want to go into like what those uh what those things were that you noticed uh well i'd say first of all I'm trying to go in chronological order here uh off the top of my head but 
uh, Wakanda itself, right? The the way it was designed as this futuristic science fiction uh, place. That that's like it, I mean I I wouldn't say in the movie it didn't look like Kirby, but but uh, it it had some similarities in terms of how advanced it looked, and and when you look at Kirby's art and how he draws how he drew Wakanda, you know that's a that's a total science fiction uh, playland. And I, I really liked how the movie was able to kind of combine that along with uh, traditional African architecture yeah, and, and, yeah. and that kind of uh, design aesthetic. Like, they really I did a great job. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Because yeah. we're so used to seeing the future through Western eyes, essentially. Yeah, exactly. You know, everything looks like an iPod or Star Trek or, yeah. you know, everything's just really smooth and um, it's really Western-centric, whereas the way that they designed it's like afrofuturism yeah, or something yeah i thought that was really i thought it was clever yeah. you know like there's the one scene where you go in and uh you see a skyscraper and there are thatched huts coming out of the yeah. the building I, I thought that was a clever like flourish um or when they go i think it's underground but there when you see the underground network of uh the the trains that are moving mm-hmm. things um yeah that that was just a really impressive way to show that you know it was just really pretty yeah 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 the production design was amazing everything even down to the costumes the costumes were really good yeah all the like when they when they had those tribal battles and the different tribes were gathered and they were all wearing their own colors and whatnot yeah that was a lot of attention paid to the details Yeah. yeah It really drew me into the film. Yeah. I was reading this article um, on BuzzFeed where they were talking about uh, the different things that inspired the costumes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they drew influences from uh, Japan as well as from Africa and, you know, just various parts of the world uh, to to create this really functional yet unique look for all of their warriors. Mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Um, what else, what other um, parts of Black Panther's history did you feel or did you notice that they did a dive in? I think uh, the fact that they used such a wide swath of characters from most of the, I think all of the major eras of yeah. his comics, uh, like for example, uh, obviously Killmonger and, and uh, Mabaku were in there. I, f- I think, I'd have to check, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think Roy Thomas might have created them. Yeah. Uh, another significant era was obviously the priest era of comics from the, yeah. the late '90s and early 2000s, where he introduced priest introduced the Dora Milaje. Yeah. Uh, so Okoye and, and Nakia, which are basically Black Panther's elite female warriors, mm-hmm. warrior guards, or I, yeah. I don't know how else you would describe them. Yeah. And obviously, Priest also created Everett K. Ross. Yeah. He was a lot different in the comics. In the comics, he was more of a comic relief character. He wasn't a CIA agent. He didn't know anything about war or, or fighting. He was basically uh, a, a really bottom-tier, low-rung uh, diplomat who was assigned by his boss to show the Black Panther... To show T'Challa around New York City yeah. when, when T'Challa came for a, a visit. Yeah. <laughs> and from that, he ended up becoming uh, his friend and being being embroiled in all sorts of adventures with him mm. sidekick yeah yeah he was a comic relief sidekick who, who was also sort of that every man uh point of view character 
in the in the comic book series. Black Panther's white sidekick. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Shuri. Yeah. Black Panther's sister. She was created by uh, Reginald, Reginald Hudlin. Yeah. I, I didn't really. I didn't like that run uh, yeah. of comics, but that's a character who who has lasted, and she's been significant in the mythos. Yeah. In the you Marvel Universe? Yeah, like, I, I wasn't a fan of Reginald Hudlin's work either, but you can't deny that he had a long run on Black Panther, and for a certain group of people, that was the Black Panther that they grew up with, mm-hmm. and, you know, again, this is uh, this is Ryan Coogler doing a pretty deep dive of um, Black Panther's history and just cherry-picking yeah. the best things about all of the eras, yeah. including the current era's, yeah. By uh, Tanahasi Coates. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, th- I think a lot of the things that uh, we we saw Coates do in his run that's still going on right now, uh, like the way that uh, the suit works, yeah, uh, and the way it looks. Uh, I think who designed that? Brian Stelfreeze. That that looks very similar to the way the suit looks in the movie. Mm. Uh, the use of uh, Ramonda of T'Challa's mother. Yeah. Uh, she's a big part of the Ta-Nehisi Coates run. Yeah, Ayo, who is one of the main characters in the in the comic, she was. I guess I didn't even notice her in the movie, but somebody said her name, and I was like, "Oh, that's supposed to be her." She's oh, one yeah. of the Dora Milaje. So that that was cool. Uh, I feel like there was something else I, I was forgetting. The costume. The costume. The uh, Killmonger costume. Kill, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Killmonger costume. I, I can't remember. Uh, who was the artist who originally uh, came up with that that look? It wasn't Texiero, was it? I can't I can't recall off the top of my head. Okay. Oh, another era though that that we didn't mention was the Don McGregor stuff. You know, Panthers Rage. Uh, yeah, I think I think he he was able to he wrote this stuff in the seventies where he was able to take uh, guys like Mabaku and Killmonger and and basically show what they wanted from uh, Wakanda and, and how they wanted the throne and, and wanted to take over. So I think those elements were definitely an influence on the movie. And the other thing that I also got to mention is Jonathan Hickman. Right? Yeah. With yeah. What he yeah. did in, in Avengers. New, Aven- New Avengers. Yeah. I was super happy in when, when I was watching the movie during that scene when, when they were in uh, South Korea and Black Panther has Claw uh, at his mercy and then Claw begs for mercy right and and then t'challa just says every breath you take from me is a mercy yeah and that's a line directly from a jonathan hickman comic which is fyi on our top 25 list of greatest marvel comics of all time yep plug <laughs> good stuff man <laughs> thank you thank you i try um yeah i uh, the one other thing that i wanted to mention was um and this is not something that i neither liked or hated but it was something that i observed mm-hmm. was the 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 version of uh t'challa that i'm accustomed to is t'challa as this as basically this guy who is so on top of his situation that he's thinking seven eight levels you know eight moves ahead of you yeah. in every situation and uh, me and drew did discuss that aspect and i don't necessarily know or i didn't necessarily get the impression that t'challa was necessarily that in this movie yeah but 
the the representation of him that I did get was I mean like he wasn't a bumbling idiot either he, he was wasn't. he was he was you know he was um he he's still a stand up hero and uh the 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 way that we did that I did noticed uh his portrayal was as the king of a nation he was a guy who had you know the weight of leadership uh the burden of leadership on his shoulders mm-hmm. and you know all of the uh, decision making that he had to do yeah so that was something that was a little missing but i i do think assuming that they make you know two or three mo- uh, another two movies out of this which in all likelihood they will yeah like we will eventually see black panther become you know this master tactician that he is we, yeah. we there were some moments in the movie where you know where he had these flourishes but when priest wrote wrote black panther uh which i still think uh that run is the definitive run for the character uh he always described t'challa as the shrewdest man in the marvel universe where he is that tactician he's got a plan for for every every possible contingency i mean there was a there was a joke in one of the issues where uh, Ross was inside T'Challa's office and he opened up one of his drawers and he saw a dossier that said the Galactus Protocols. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a guy who's ready for, for anything. Yeah. And even though that wasn't necessarily how he was portrayed in the movie, I don't think it was he wasn't portrayed as... Yeah, 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 Like, yeah. he's clearly someone who's capable of, yeah. of being like that. It just wasn't really important or relevant to the movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, do you guys have any other thoughts uh, before we wrap this up? Soundtrack was hot. I did like the soundtrack. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Yeah, dug the, it. The score was... It felt like, compared to most other Marvel movies, I think the score actually added more to this one because there were some some of the emotional scenes during the, the, the conversations uh, where I actually did notice the music and I was like, oh, that's... That actually fits really well, and it's it's like making me like feel something or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's not hunger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, oh, yeah. you guys want to talk about the stinger at the end, the one after the UN one? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, oh, the final yeah, the yeah, post-credit yeah. scene where. They show Bucky, and the kids are calling him the White Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't know what that was in reference to, but it was just a funny scene for me. <laughs> Did you stick around and, and actually watch that scene, Justin? Yeah, but I have no point of reference. I know who Bucky is, but I didn't watch any. I didn't have any point of reference yeah. either. So, <laughs> so, so at, at the end of uh, Captain America Civil War, Bucky basically volunteers to go back under uh, cryogenic suspension, and T'Challa tells Cap that he'll take care of him in Wakanda, so this is the first we've seen of him since, and it looks like they finally figured out a way to help his help him uh, regain his mind uh, fully and be ready for the next Avengers movie because we saw in the commercials for that that yeah. he's going to be in it. Yeah, yeah. It's... And one of the things that uh, was interesting as well was when the kids call him White Wolf, White Wolf. Uh, there's actually a character in the comics named the White Wolf, but it's a different character. So I don't huh. I don't know if that was uh, something intentional where they're calling him that name or if they were just calling him the white wolf because he was white maybe bucky becomes the white wolf maybe the the, <laughs> the white the white wolf was a character that priest created in his run and and he's he's 
Oh, he, he see, was, so yeah, I didn't so. even know that. So yeah, so yeah. there you go. That he's he's basically the leader of uh, the Wakandan uh, secret police. Okay. Yeah, they 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 call themselves the Hatut Zarase, and they they wear these white versions of the Black Panther costume. And oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I've so seen and he's guys. the leader of yeah. of that group. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't really. It'd be a surprise if they had Bucky thrust in that sort of role, but but it's uh, definitely unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for now I'm not gonna really read too much into yeah. that comment or that the kids were calling him White Wolf, but it it was uh it was it did amuse me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, any other final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to thank up? you guys for inviting me onto your podcast. Yeah, no man, it's fun, man. man. Yeah, you we can make you a regular contributor for you know any comics, pretentious comics. Yeah, uh, movies. Yeah, <laughs> you could be our movie guy. Yeah, our go-to movie guy, man. Yeah, croissant tasting. Uh, croissant tasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, artisanal mustache waxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Totally. <laughs> hey, w- next time we uh, decide to talk about like independent comics or alternative comics, we should have you on. You that's know. The, hey, that's that's definitely a topic yeah. that's on our list once we're moving forward. Because because so. here at Between the Gutters, we love comics in general. Right? Yeah, we're not limited to. Marvel and DC, but we do enjoy your Adrian Tomines, your Dan Clouds, and Art Spiegelmans, and all sorts of creators. Yeah. But we just haven't really recorded an episode where we give those yeah. guys any love. So stay tuned yeah. if you want to hear some pontificating about some pretentious comics. Yeah. Well, not even pretentious in a bad way, but you know. <laughs> comics that are off the radar for people who are just into comics for superheroes and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah pop culture stuff it, it's weird because i feel like in comics people when people talk about mainstream comics they're strictly talking about superhero comics right yeah. but if you're like outside of the world of comics mainstream would be stuff like uh you know things that are considered literary books right yeah your chris Ware's yeah, kind yeah. of stories or adrian tomine interesting <laughs> yeah I never, I never considered it that way but yeah <laughs> good point because people don't look at science fiction and say that's mainstream yeah People don't look at fantasy novels and say that's mainstream. See, guys, I'm not a hipster. Whoa. (laughs) Dude. Does that mean we're hipsters? I just assumed that I was just a dreadful human being. I can live with that. All right. (laughs) All right, guys. You've been listening to Between the Gutters. Thanks for checking us out, and feel free to hit us up in the comments or... Email us at between the gutters podcast at gmail.com if you have yep. any comments or shout out some thoughts uh, about Black Panther, the movie, or the comic book character. All right. Please subscribe to us on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes as well. And iTunes. Yeah. I assume you know that if you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just here to shout into the void. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody listen to us. If you're not a bot and you're listening to us. Thank you. <laughs> Hear me. We exist. We exist. <laughs>